0: This podcast is as usual in collaboration
1: with Adidas, who recently or a while back released a shoe called Predator Edge, which is absolutely incredible. And I've noticed that whenever I'm out on a football game working or if I'm watching football on TV, I always see players wearing this shoe. It's a a great shoe with a fantastic color scheme. So if you haven't already, be sure you check it out and yeah, maybe tell us what you think about it. Also, we would like to thank everybody for listening to this podcast. And if you haven't already, be sure to maybe follow us on Twitter and rate this podcast if you like it. Before we get started with this week's episode, we would just like to apologize for the quality of the sound in this episode. Unfortunately, it's not as good as the other ones that we have recorded so far and released. With that being said, this week's their pitch player is Rebecca Blomqvist, a forward who plays in the Swedish national team and in Wolfsburg. After playing six seasons with Kopparbergs IF FC, now BK Häcken, she won the Damallsvenskan and got a Swedish league title in the 2020 season before she signed with Wolfsburg in Frauen Bundesliga. Blomqvist scored 46 goals in her six seasons with Kopparbergs IF, and was picked for the Swedish senior national team for the first time back in 2019. So far, she's played 11 games and has scored once. You're listening to their pitch, and this is the Rebecca Blomqvist episode. Welcome to the podcast, Rebecca Blomqvist. Thank you very much. We're going to get right to it. We do this every time as well. We have somebody describe you as a player, and you're going to get to guess who, who that might be. And I'll just start reading up what they said, and then once you feel like you get it, just be like, I got it. Rebecca is determined and driven and has always worked hard to get even better. We played together for many years, but we probably spent most time together in the gym, where we always pushed each other and gossiped a little. As a player, she is an all-around forward with the ability to find a space and be at the right spot at the right time. She's a real goal scorer. She can play at all offensive positions and has the speed to get behind the back line, as well as she masters the game with her technique in front of the back line. Playing up top with Rebecca was easy. I always knew I had her running behind me as I went in on a duel. But we have specifically spent five years together with loads of laughter and ended it in a golden hat. Who do you think wrote that about you?
2: Uh, I know. I knew it from the second sentence, I think.
1: Yeah, it's uh, Palu Hamalund, right? That's correct. Was it the gym and the, the gossiping? That yeah, kind of definitely the gossiping. No,
2: <laughs> no, but it was yeah. First of all, that we knew each other for many years and played together, and then the gym, of course. And then it just yeah, it's definitely our kind of relationship. So I'm very happy she said that, and yeah, I'm thinking about her a lot too
1: right now. So it's yeah, it was nice to hear that. Do you kind of wish that you were playing in the same group of them uh, as them in the Women's Champions League right now that's going on? Yeah, of
2: course. I was hoping a little bit that we would get them in the group and it would be, yeah, just, of course, special to play against them, but also very nice to meet everyone. and, And so, but I see many of them still. So, so I hope that, yeah, maybe we play against each other in the quarterfinal or something.
1: For those who don't know, you played in Copa Barista which is now Be- Beko Hekken, and that's why I asked the question about uh, the Women's Champions League. And in 2014, you went from grassroots to an established team in Dalmat And how was how was that?
2: Yeah, it was a big step. Of course, I was uh, I was 17. I just turned 17, and uh, i I've trained with the team for around six months with Copa Barre and uh, I felt like it was a, uh, it was a very good environment and I got some years on the senior level with my old team. So, um, yeah, it felt like a natural step and uh, it was a good start. And yeah, it was just, um, it felt good to make the step, and I needed to to come into it and needed to develop to to be a good player in Doma Svenskam. But for me, it was the best the best team that I could go to because it was
1: also uh, close to home. And you spent around, if I'm not mistaken, five years in in Gothenburg with that club with Kopparbergs IF. Yeah, six and a half. Six and a half. Six and a half. Yeah. Ooh, that's a long time.
2: It is a long time, but also. I came there when I was seventeen, and then it felt natural to to be there, to grow up there, kind of. And uh, when I was, yeah, twenty three, it felt natural to to take the next step. So it's, it, yeah, I come back to the word natural, but it felt like it was a good step to go there, and I really developed there. And it was an established
1: team in Dalmansvenskan, and we got better and better for every year. So um, yeah, it was a good time. It was a good time, and you got to end that time in Dalmansvenskan with uh, Swedish gold, Swedish championship. Thing. that was that was a dream uh,
2: from when I came of course and also for the club because the club never took the gold and we fought so hard for it and when we when we got it it was just a kind of relief and also just happiness it was it was amazing
1: did you know that you were leaving bef- after the season ended before you guys got the gold or was that like was that in the process of afterwards?
2: Uh, no, I knew that I was uh, gonna leave um, which for me it was it was okay to to know it and I felt like I could focus hundred percent on Copa Bay anyways, but it was also good for me in my head to know that i I had my next station ready kind of so and kind
1: of go out on top
2: yeah, that was of course yeah the dream and it couldn't it couldn't end better, so it was yeah it was perfect.
1: But so we, we keep going back to Gothenburg. Uh, you, you spent most of your time growing up and developing as a player there. How was it to, how was it then to leave? Um,
2: yeah, of course it was with mixed feelings that I, that I left. Uh, and like I said, of course, I felt like it was natural to take the next step and try when I got the chance to try something in, in Europe. Uh, I felt like I wanted to do that. But of course I really like. I like the club, I like the city, it's close to home it It has everything that that i that I want too, so of course it was
1: mixed feelings, but it felt good too of course so while you while you were in Gothenburg, you said that you're quite close to home, and you figured out that something wasn't completely right with yourself, and you went to the doctors and you got you got the results of um cancer how is how's is that as a player and for yourself as as like a young adult
2: yeah of course it was uh it was a, it came as a shock and i felt that something was not right with my body and um yeah i got good help from the doctors and then i got the results and it, it yeah it showed that it was it was cancer and of course it was it was a shock for all of us and then yeah we just tried to to handle it as good as we could and for me being close to my family and having my family and my friends so close was very 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 important at the time um and forever it will be important but of course when when something like that happens it's it becomes very clear, uh, at least for me who, what matters the most. And, um, I, I was very happy that they were there with me and they helped me through it and we got through it together. So yeah, it was important.
1: I assume you didn't focus at all at football at that time, considering, uh, what you, what, what you were going through. Did you feel though, that you were getting support from, um, your, your teammates and everyone around you? Yeah, definitely from, uh, from everybody. Um, I was
2: uh, open with it and I got help from the club that they just said that this is the most important thing right now. Just, yeah, if we can do anything, let us know uh, from friends, teammates, everything. And for me, it was of course in that moment, yeah, the football is not the most important thing, but when I got healthy again, I just felt that, yeah, football is important for me because football is what i love to do and i want to do what i love to do so in one way focus um came back to football and that was a confirmation that i love football so in one way it helped me to just yeah this is what i want to do and i still appreciate and prioritize my family and friends and teammates and team um a lot too uh because yeah that's that's two of the most important things in my life
1: do you feel like coming back, you just wanted to be better and quicker and it just motivated you to like keep going once you got back on the pitch? You were like, I'm not going to stop until I get there.
2: Yeah, it is a, It is a little bit like that. I just felt that it was... Yeah, of course, in the moment, I was just... Yeah, I will never be angry after a game again. I will never be angry in the same way because there are worse things in life. And sometimes you're angry even if you don't really have to. Um but it's still like that. And I think that just shows that, yeah, but this is what means something. And of course, you get perspective. But, but it's also very important to do what you like and to do what makes you feel good. And playing football and just developing as a player gives me so much. So I'm sure that this is what I want to do.
1: In 2019, you got both the doctor results back and you made your senior debut from sweet in Sweden's national team. Um, and you've quickly become a player that Petey Arachlan... Takes out for a squad, uh, to say the least with Tokyo, which was your first big championship. Um, tell us about that.
2: Yeah, it was amazing. I was really happy to, to get to go to the Olympics and just to, to see everything there and like be in it. Yeah. My first big championship and that being an Olympic is pretty big. So, or it's very, very big. And looking back at it now, it's also like, I was there. I was at the Olympics and it's, yeah, I'm just very happy
1: and it was very cool to, to experience it. I don't know if you can compare, but how was it to be in a championship in a bubble? Was that special? Did you hear any players talk about like, this is very different or was it just normal for you guys? I mean, of
2: course, because of the, because many players that were in the squad was at the Olympics uh, five years ago. So we talked a little bit about that. And before we went to the village and everything, but of course it was different this year because of uh, COVID-19 and everything. And uh, I think it's just... Yeah, we are a little bit used to it now because every camp until the Olympics, since COVID started, has been in a bubble, in more of a bubble than it's than it usually is. So of course it's it's a little bit strange, but the experience and just living in the Olympic Village was was still similar to to without the COVID, I think. So we were we were lucky to be in the village as much as as much as we were, and um, yeah, just seeing that and.
1: Seeing all the athletes and everything, it was, yeah, it was so cool. And and your first championship that you, was it your first championship that you played with the U, uh, was it U19 that you got gold in the Euros? Yeah. yeah, You played that. So you got a little feel for gold. You played with a lot of players that are on the national team today. Um, how was it then to come to the Olympics and you guys just steamrolled every single team? You're literally playing much better than every single one of your opponent. I even think you guys played better than Canada, but that has to stand for me. And then you guys went to penalty shootouts and you lost. You, But at the same time, you won a silver medal. Is it hard to have that kind of mindset at the time while this is going on? Yeah, at
2: the time, it's it's really hard. At the time, it was, of course, a disappointment because we felt that we wanted the goal and we felt like we deserved the goal um of course Canada did a did a good game and uh, we didn't win the game so we got to penalty shooting so there's nothing to say about that but of course it was a disappointment and uh, a sadness in not taking the goal because we were we were so close and I think that we deserved it so of course, disappointment, but also, yeah, we have a silver medal. I don't know if we would say that we won a silver medal, but we have it and we are proud of it. Of course, it's a silver medal in the Olympics. So it's, it's a big, it's, it's a big thing. And, um, but,
1: uh, of course, still, still we, I think we want that goal even more now. So the Euros, so every single team at the Euros is going to have to look out for the hunger that you guys are going to get, I assume?
2: Yeah, I think so. I mean, the quality we have in the team and also the, the lust we have to take a gold will will probably gl- grow in us even more if it can grow more. I, I just feel like we're a team that believes in ourselves and then it's also a disappointment when, when we don't win, of course.
1: Do you feel like maybe once you guys finally get that gold medal, you'll be happy for the silver one that you have? And you'll be like, okay, but this was the road that we had to take to finally get this. And maybe it'll be a gold reign. Who knows? It'll be Euros, World Cup, Olympics. Yeah, that would be great. I think,
2: yeah, it's hard to say. I mean, my career hasn't been that long, but of course, like everything is uh is happening in in a career and uh or hopefully everything happens hopefully the goal will come uh but I think it's yeah of course it's a development thing but I I always think we will have the feeling that in this Olympics we were really, really good and we yeah, I think we deserve to win and I think we we could win. So of course that will be one type of disappointment but I think everything that this national team will make us better. So I think we would never yeah, it it would never be a bad thing that we didn't like. Yeah, I don't know how to explain it, but I think every yeah, we're such a professional team and the players and the staff and everything. So, I don't know if we we are going to be happy uh for the silver medal and not the gold medal, but of course, it's it's helping for us to be better uh, players hopefully.
1: All right. So, we're going to move from national team to club team. You Came from a at the to Germany and Wolfsburg. What um what kind of drew you in to Frauen Bundesliga?
2: Yeah, I was talking to Wolfsburg for for yeah uh, a long time. They showed interest, and uh, yeah, I felt that it was a I got a very good impression from the club and from the from the sports director. Is the uh, title, I think. Um, and i felt like they they appreciated me for the player and the person that i was and uh, for me of course it was important that i had a good feeling when i was going to move from from the safety at home um so the good feeling and of course the good quality in the team uh being in a top clean, top queen a top team in in europe uh, was a dream and i got the chance and of course i i felt like there was yeah no doubt when i got the chance so
1: yeah how, how much did it affect your, your, your choice that there was a Swedish national team player as well on the team? Did it affect anything or did you feel comfortable just coming in to just know that? You had that
2: person Um, there. Yeah, I would say before uh, my decision, it wasn't anything that determined like or decided what I wanted to do. But of course, coming here and having Frido here was very, very, very important. And uh, I can feel now that, what would I have done the first weeks? Even if everybody else also helped, uh, it's different when it's someone who speaks the same language. It's easier to communicate. It's easier to to just, yeah, we have the same uh kind of experiences from sweden and you know it's just easier to to get a, a type of understanding and i lived with her the first two weeks because my apartment wasn't ready and
1: uh, it was just uh, she made me feel like home so fast and i'm very very happy she was here and you talk about how you guys kind of from the same place had the had the same experiences uh, from sweden um but speaking from your own experience do you see any um any differences between Damalsvenskan and Bundesliga that you can pinpoint? That's like I think it's hard. Uh, I've thought about it a lot, and it's hard to
2: maybe pinpoint something. I mean, for us here in Wolfsburg, I think the organization and the way um, <clears throat> how professional it is. Uh, is of course uh, one step up from from Damasvänskan and now I I've, I've only been in in Kopparby utborg in Damasvänskan so it's hard for me to compare the other teams but of course we talk a lot um about it in the national team and with players who play there so i think like with the organization and yeah everything from medical team to uh the fields available and and stuff like that is 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 better here and then i would say that the quality of the team is uh, is good i mean the top teams in bundesliga is it's very good teams and uh, you get very good games of course there are the teams that are not as good same as in Dalmas fanstem that the the lower teams are not as good and there might be a pitch that's that's not so good that you come to on an away game for example but i think in general the the standard of the Uh, of this league is is higher. Um, And it's a little bit more physical, I would say it goes, uh, it goes a little bit
1: faster. But yeah, definitely more physical. And um, you said more physical, we also, um, is there, once you play, is there a lot of um, pressure to score and maybe play good every game? Is there a difference between is there a difference between the the national team and Wolfsburg in that aspect?
2: Um, yeah, good question. Um, I mean, I think uh, here in Wolfsburg, uh, for example, it's a club that has this winner mentality and always it's always been a very good team and they've won a lot. So there is. This mentality and the goal to always to always win something, and um, of course, yeah, comparing to Sweden and uh, maybe Coba, it was a little bit different because we we didn't win anything. Yeah, we won the cup uh, a few times, but we didn't win the league uh, until the last year. And I think that's a difference. And of course, with the national team, uh, now we are the second best national team in the world. So now we also have a, a high goals in in the national team, which I think is very yeah very nice and it's it's nice to have those goals but of course also the mentality in general in sweden is that yeah i think we have to realize how good we are i know we've talked about it like sometimes we also have to realize how good we are as a national team and not just say yeah i mean yeah we think we can win because now we are the second best national team in the world and we have to just comparing to maybe here where it's like yeah we we are the be- we should be the best but i think Still, everybody in Wolfsburg and everybody in the national team makes everything to perform as best as they can. And of course, yeah, maybe some things are different, but I am so happy that I get to be at two places where the standard and the goals are so high. So I feel like I always have to perform well. And of course, that makes it hard when you don't perform. But that's also this life and um yeah i think it's what you have to go through to to become better and to to create something in your own mentality
1: too with that mentality and kind of it's kind of a winning mentality right that you always want to score you always want to play good um how do you feel about like the extremely competition for strikers and the extremely tough competition for strikers and offensive midfielders in the Swedish national team. You said that you know that we're ranked number 2 in the world. There's a lot of expectations. It's a really good team. Um do you ever maybe like how do you feel about that competition and do you ever feel like you wish you were playing in another time where it was less stiff competition? And it would be easier to play your way in? No, uh, I I really don't.
2: I really don't feel that way. I, like I said, I'm very happy to be. Of course, as a player, you always want to play. And I want to show that yeah, I can also play. And I mean, I know we have a hard competition yeah, both in the national team and also here in Wolfsburg, like it's very, you have to perform well every time and you have to show that you can play games on the highest level to to get to play. Um, and seeing how our national team, like how we perform, uh, makes it also like, of course, I want to play and I want to show that I can also play. But I also feel that this is such a good team and for me to be a part of it and for me to have the chance and to live in this like period and play in this period where we have this team is of course amazing now I'm not that young anymore but these players who are on the national team too many many of them have been there for many years and they can teach me so so much and I just want to take everything in and yeah, maybe in the, yeah, I can do that to some <clears throat> to someone else in a few years or something. I I don't know, but I I I'm just really happy to be a part of it, and it just gives me more motivation. I think to show that I also want to play because if yeah, if I play, it, I deserve it. I think
1: with Wolfsburg, we're we're gonna go back to club. That was a little side note coming to the Swedish team. Um uh, but this past season uh Bayern München took the top spot in the league and since they they since then they have lost a lot of they have lost a few players but also added a few including your national teammate Sofia Jakobsson. How how do you feel about Wolfsburg's chances of taking back the throne and playing against your fellow Swedish teammates I mean Hanna Glass, Sofia Jakobsson, etc.
2: Yeah, uh, of course, it's always special to play against the the Swedish players and and friends that you know, of course. Um, But now, yeah, you you get a little bit used to it too, because it was the same in Dalmo Svenskan and everything, but... Um, yeah, I, Bayern is a great team. Um, <clears throat> it was uh, They were very good last year and they've showed that they are good this year too. So I think uh, we have to also make a very good year. We have many new players this summer. I think we have eight new players uh, and a new staff. So of course, we are also on the road to something. Um, so we have to just try to find our way and build up something new on our own. Um, but of course, we always want to beat Bayern and i think we have a chance to do it and i think it will be a tough race in the in the league this year too uh, and also in the cup and in the champions league so uh, it's never an easy game um in this league and i think yeah uh playing against bayern is the
1: the top notch of the year too when you came to wolfsburg then um obviously um bayern is the biggest um the biggest competition but so that was probably you come in and you know that in the Bundesliga, there are a lot of, there are more top teams, perhaps, than the Swedish ones. You always know that in Dalmasvenskan, there's two top teams always fighting for the top spot. Um, I feel like in, in Bundesliga, it's kind of the same situation, right? But when you came to Wolfsburg, uh, what was the biggest difference on uh, tactically and in training? Um, yeah, I think. When I came, it was, of course, now we switched coaches during the summer. And I think
2: if you compare teams in Doma Svenskan, it's also a difference in how you train and what you do in training. And I know when I came, the first trainings, there were so many rules, like so many things like, oh, here you're only allowed to take two touches. Here you're only allowed to go inside if this person is here. uh, Many, many rules. And I came from a team where we usually trained pretty free. Like, yeah, we had a possession game we had a game and we were we got really good at that so for me it was it was a change in that now it's not as much like that so I think it was the trainer's philosophy um to just have many rules and of course for me who didn't understand everything it was very very confusing um but that was the biggest difference then Uh, and now I I don't know now I don't know exactly how they do in in Sweden but um yeah it's it's hard to say exactly what it is like I said I think it differs in in coaches and not only countries uh what you do in training and how you how you want to play.
1: Do you think that there's something that the Bundesliga is doing good that the Damasvenskan could probably take take over from? I don't know, it's hard to say like what the what the league would
2: do uh better uh but what I mean for I feel like many German players are playing in the German league. Uh, Of course, there are some uh, national team players from the German team also, um, in europe uh but uh, i think i mean yeah if Dalmas could keep more players it would be good but i also think it's just the the way it's going to be now and i don't think there's much much to do for Dalmas and if players wants to go to europe um but that's maybe a thing that that keeps the level uh high i mean if you look at bayern and Wolfsburg, many german national team players are playing in those teams so yeah maybe that's a, a
1: During your time in Wolfsburg, you've had the pleasure to have two different head coaches. Now Tommy Strut and earlier Stephen Lurch. I don't know if I said those names correctly, but we'll let that slide for this time. Um, as a player, how is it to change coach, and what can be difference? What can be the differences in the philosophy and training between two coaches?
2: Um, yeah, of course, it's. Uh... It's different with different coaches. Uh, they bring in their, their philosophy and their way of working. So for me, I had half a year with uh, Stefan and, uh, it was my first six months in Wolfsburg. So for me, everything was, <clears throat> everything was very new and I just tried to adapt as much as I could. And I felt like I, I did adapt. And then of course, changing coaches and also many players, it, uh, it's a new adapting period. Um, but uh, they are very, very com- communicative. So they talk to us a lot and try to just, yeah, we develop together. And um, yeah, it's of course it's a, it's a different in different coaches and the way you train and the way you play and what you focus on. And what you talk about in um the uh, analysis and what you what you do after a game before a game like everything can differ between coaches so um but i feel like yeah in one way it's a pleasure to change a coach because you get to you learn many new things and in one way it's it's also good to stick with the same coach uh, for a while but uh, it feels very good
3: now so uh, i am happy okay so we Go on to this section now where we ask the players uh, kind of the same questions because this is very interesting to know Uh, and as a pro player how much of a football nerd would you say that you are do you watch a lot of football yourself and when you do can you just watch it and enjoy it or do you think about it all the time i do watch football a lot
2: um if there's a game and i don't really have yeah, anything special to do. I can watch anything from uh, Premier League, La Liga, uh Serie A, um yeah, the women, the men. Uh I I really like to watch football, but I also really just watch it to enjoy it. Um <clears throat> of course, sometimes when you watch at your maybe when you look at uh, yeah, yesterday Hoffenheim played against um, Arsenal for example and we play Hoffenheim this weekend. Then of course you you are not only looking to, to enjoy, but you see some tactical things. But if I watch Liverpool, Manchester City in the Premier
3: League men's, yeah, then I just enjoy. I mean, with your own words now, uh, describe your role uh, and position out on the pitch. And from the perspective on how you look at yourself as a player. I mean, it's a little bit hard
2: right now because I am playing both as a left winger. And I've also played, um, as a number 10, a little bit and also as a number nine. So of course it's a little bit hard to say just one position, but I would say that uh, me as a player is someone who, who, um, I mean, I like to, to come into the spaces between the backline and the midfield of the opponents. And I also like to make the uh, deep runs behind the backline when it's time for that. Um, I feel like I, I can and I should rely on my first touch. Um, so that's like my, yeah, my biggest strengths, I think. And, um, it's hard to say in which position that makes me the best, because I think it depends on how you play. For example, if you play with wingers who are wide, yeah, maybe that's not the uh, typical thing for me, but, um, if you play with a winger who comes in a little bit, but is also free to go deep, um, that could be good for me. Uh, if you play with a number nine who is only going deep, uh, maybe that's not the perfect thing for me. But um, yeah, so there are many aspects to think about when I when I think about myself as a player. And I think I'm still a little bit trying to, to figure out, of course, together with coaches and team and everything, but I'm still trying to figure out um, how to get out most of me as a player.
3: Yeah, and I think that's kind of interesting because my next question is like, uh, what's your relation? Uh, ship to uh, football analysis and analysis because I know like in Wolfsburg I guess you, you have an analysis that you can talk to so and during the years you have played how has this changed with the national team ever since the under
2: 15 under 16 I we've had an ana- analyst with us uh, in camps um and i always like the first time i thought it was so interesting because i thought are they watching the games like are they really watching every player every game and so since that we've kind of been living with it with the national team and it's such a good access to have um i feel like you can ask any question and they will show you clips or they will give you tips and also of course the coaches watch the clips and have a close cooperation with an analyst so they can the coaches also then talk to you as a player and see if um yeah we saw this on the video or we saw this and uh, so that's the kind of relationship you have too um and then yeah for me i i feel like it's very good to see clips because it's very clear and um you usually remember in your head the situation and what you thought in the situation and when you see it on the video it's easier to analyze it and it's easier to learn from it uh, because you can think why did i not go there or why did i do this and then yeah it helps in your development i think
3: so i mean i guess you think that your performance on the pitch will be affecting, uh, affected uh, looking at how much information or analysis you have been getting before a game. And of course, that's that's like a balance between...
2: Because I feel sometimes when you look at a clip and you see something that, oh, I should do this here. Football is such a complex sport and every situation is different. So for me, like personally, I think it's hard to say that in this situation, you should do this because in the next the next time maybe the defender does something else. But it's also about learning to recognize the situations and learning to see when, okay, yeah, if the defender comes in my back or if I see that she drops off, I should do this. It's not uh, specifically in the situation. It's about the reactions of the other players, I think. And for me, that's something I have to learn because sometimes when you look at clips and you see, oh, in this situation, I should dribble the ball. And then maybe next game I dribble the ball, but it's not the same situation. It's just the same. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's very complex. I, I don't know if that's a word complex. Yeah, I think so.
3: Yeah. I mean, complex, uh, complex situations happens all the time in football. We all know it as we watch it, but uh, in that case, then can, th- can you, can there be too much information? I mean if you have too much information would you would it get you to start thinking when you are out on the pitch or how how are you in that occasion
2: I am a little bit uh, like that I sometimes I think too much information for me as a player can make me lose my instinct a little bit uh, because I uh, and that's my uh, issue or what you say like I have to learn when to do the things. And like I say, yeah, if we have talked about that in this situation, I should do this. It's not about doing that every time. or do I also have to keep my creativity. And I also have to do what my head and my body tells me to do in that situation. And I think every coach or every analyst agrees with that. But they also have to give us the information and show what we have to improve or what we are doing good so it's it's something i work with uh, after every game almost every day to just what should i take in Uh, what do we do as a team and what do i do as an individual player because there are some things that you have to do because we are a team and we have a way of a way of playing that we have to stick to Uh, but then i have to find my way to to Give my best to the team, and that's not always doing what's expected. It's about doing what's not expected to.
3: Yeah, I mean, you call it an an issue. I would call it a, a challenge. You know, this is this is your challenge with the information. But I, I think it's kind of interesting because football football analysis and and information is about the psychological uh, perspective as well uh, to the individual. So if if we take Take this question, for example, uh, information, how would you prefer to get uh, information? Because you have spoken a lot about video, but you like to get your information collectively uh, as a group or individually. Is it is it only video you feel like that's the most important things? I mean, I think watching the games and watching how it looks from
2: above is very important and i think it's for me the biggest part of it uh but also how you of course how you use your words like you have to say something to the video and you have to have to transmit the information and what you want uh, as a coach or as an analyst or as a teammate to the other person and of course it yeah i've i've had people who've been trying to saying the same things maybe two different people and one is very good at communicating it and one is not as good as choosing the words and then of course the one who uses um what do you say like the right words it's easier so i feel like the communication is also very important not just what you see on the video or what you what you talk about and then sometimes i think getting the information as a yeah collective like as a team is very important because it's important for everybody to to understand uh, everybody's situations um but of course i also want
3: the the information individually because i want to improve always from the position you play let's let's say you are playing as a left winger because you are very all-round here but uh, playing as a left winger you're going out to game Uh, what information do you think is the most important that will affect your role and your performance uh, playing as a left winger? I think this is a hard question because I think it's...
2: It, of course, it depends on the game. If I have my job this game to... They are never going to pass their right back, for example. Yeah, okay, then that's my job. Um, and that's an important information. But then it could also be so... Uh, that's where... Um, it has to be like, yeah, that's defensively. Offensively, you are free or you are going to come into the pocket or stay on the wing or go deep. Um, um, use your creativity, uh, use your head. Like for me, what I want to hear right because the tactical things we do at the meetings, we do before the game. Um, but when I go out for a game, I just need a high five and let's go because we should already have all the information. So it's like a little bit hard to say. And then, of course, during a game, you can get new tactical um, directions, what you're going to do
3: and everything. So, yeah, it's a, I don't know if it's a floating answer, but yeah. It's an interesting answer, answer and I think it will be uh, very interesting uh, for our listeners to hear uh, this uh, discussion we're having right now. Let's finish this section off with uh, what would you say uh, are the top, uh, say, three traits of a modern forward Uh, in the game as it is right now I would say um, fast
2: yeah I think a a good first touch a good technique is important yeah I would say like the yeah of course it's different but I'm thinking that the classical number nine for example has to have the feeling of when to go deep uh, have to read the game Uh, so those three things are important as a number
3: nine (laughs) as a number nine I would say (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah uh, let's move on to because we have uh, a lot of good questions from uh, your fans i would presume so amanda would you like to start so far this season you've played
1: as both a left winger and a striker how much of your strength do you feel translates from striker to to the left wing
2: I feel like sometimes it's easier as a left winger to use your quickness. Um, but of course it's, uh, I think it is very different positions and I think that's very good because it's, uh, challenging. Um, but I think it's just, yeah, I have to think about what my strengths are. If I am fast, if I have a good first touch, I just have to use that, but in different situations on the pitch
3: yeah so the next question this is sort of what we talked about earlier but with a little bit of more added spice to it Uh, where do you think the future of center forwards is going in terms of its role is there a specific type of role that you feel will be more relevant than what we aren't seeing right now and if it is do you plan on adapting your game towards it
2: yeah, good question. Um, I think, like I said a little bit before, it's very different how you want to use your strikers and how you want to use your forwards. Some people or coaches wants to use the number nine as a target player, and some people wants to use the number nine as a as a deep runner. And I think that will never change that coaches and yeah teams think differently. Um, but I think uh, if you want uh, someone who is like um of course i want to adapt if uh if that happens but i also feel like i should be used the way i am uh cuz now i am 24 and i am trying to like yeah i know what what kind of player i am and uh, i want to be used that way and i think every player uh who plays on this level is their own player and they have to find Uh, a coach and a team that uses them in the right way Uh, and then if it's
1: yeah uh, the typical forward or not i think it's hard to, to to say how hard is it to play as an attacker when the game is being controlled by the opponents as an attacker what is your role when that happens
2: yeah, of course you always want the ball, but I think also when you play and you defend more and the other team stands higher and they have the ball higher up, when you win the ball, you can always counter. And I love to counter. So for me, like it's, it's not a bad thing that the other team is controlling the game. Of course I want to be in the team that has the ball, but um, there are other options when, when you are defending l- lower. So yeah, the counter attacks are very interesting too.
3: Yeah. And this is uh, someone who has written, Hi, Rebecca. I hope everything is well. Uh, I also play as a forward. What tips would you give for young strikers when playing against physical defenders?
2: Yeah. Uh, this is something that I am working with too, because I am, I am not a typical physical player. Um, when I was younger, I, I usually just ran uh but i realized that that doesn't really work on this level because you also need other things in your in your w- other tools to to break out the the defense and i think some yeah it's about recognizing the situation sometimes you have to be close to your defender and just use your body because if you use your body they can't get around you even if they are physical you will get a free kick or you will keep the ball so i think using your body and protecting the ball is the most important and then sometimes of course keep some distance to them and just run. Uh,
1: what do you consider the next step in your career to be? And what are the things you feel you need to work on? Uh, how important is the defensive work rate from attackers in today's game? No,
2: I feel like I, I am in a good environment right now. I feel like I'm developing every day and um, I get challenged every training, every game that I play. Um, and that's for me, that's the most important thing right now. And the next step, like if that's changing clubs or, or staying here, it's hard to say. I have, uh, one and a half year left here on my contract and I like it very much. So, I mean, I, I just live in the now and try to develop every day. Um, and, uh, yeah, what I have to develop as a player is, uh, of course, my physical game. I have to be a little more tougher. I have to use my body more. Like I said to the others to, to do, uh, I also have to do it. And yeah, just to, to be better at recognizing situations, when to, to challenge, when to go one, we be one, cause that's important as a winger. Um, that's something I really have to, to develop. And yeah, just. Try to create as many chances as possible
1: in a game uh, in different ways. Uh, and the last question was... How important is the defensive work rate from attackers in today's game? I think it's very important. Of course, <clears throat> it could depend a little bit how you play as a team,
2: but I feel like the defense start with the forwards. So, um, yeah, if you... the opponents to one side or if you pressure the goalkeeper or pressure the central defender it's different but i think the defense work starts with the forward so it's very very important
3: yeah and you've talked a little bit about uh, the roles you have played Uh, but if we take this question then uh, where do you feel most comfortable and what do you consider is the best role uh, for you yeah, I'm starting
2: to feel uh, comfortable on the wing too. Uh, I'm starting to feel like uh, it could fit me, uh, but I also know that in my in my bones, I have the striker uh, runnings, and I have the the flexibility as a number nine to also when you play with two forwards, with two strikers, you can switch. Like sometimes you go, um, you come into the ball. Sometimes you go deep, like the. The cooperation between the number nine and number 10 is uh, for me the perfect way to to like put out a defense so i would say using my strengths as a number nine or number 10 would be yeah
3: suit me the best do you work on your stats uh do you focus on uh, expected assists uh, and uh, xg expected goals
2: um no i don't um I rarely look at those numbers. Um yeah I I know how many assists I have and how many goals I score but um no not not much more than that. I I think maybe the coaches and the analysts uses it and if I want to know I can ask. Um but it's nothing that I that I do focus on. I think statistics are great and I think it's good to use it but um in yeah, where I am right now, I don't feel like it would help me to see. um, It wouldn't help me more than it does because I know if I am in the right spaces or creating chances to score and everything, but I, I think, yeah, I'm not a stranger to, to try it. If, if it would, if I would feel like I needed it.
3: Yeah. I think, I think this, uh, it's interesting uh, for the listeners to know uh, how you as a, football or feel about this because I think I hope it will change uh, how people uses it and just to throwing numbers around to to prove uh, if a player have done well or, or not done well
1: so we're going to go into this section uh, this or that um, five quick questions so scoring a penalty or a perfect free kick from outside the box <laughs> a perfect free kick <laughs> A good slide tackler intercepting a pass that is about to break the lines. Uh, Intercepting a pass. Assisting a goal with a delicious through pass or scoring one yourself. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I would like to score. Uh, Coming on from the bench and making a true impact that leads to a win or starting in a mediocre game. Yeah, if the mediocre game is not a win, of course, I want to come in and win the game. Uh, and last one, causing a tactical foul for the opponents or taking one for the team, yeah, causing a tactical foul yeah
2: That's good. <laughs> both are I mean both are okay, but yeah, I mean, if they get a yellow card for yeah
1: mm. it rounds up the this episode, uh Rebecca, thank you very much for being a part of this, and we hope you had a good time being a guest here i mean i I for sure had fun,
2: me too, definitely. <laughs>
1: That's awesome. Uh, Thank you very much for joining us.
3: Thank you.